It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by... For whatever reason, you can't get to the gym. Don't worry, you don't need to. Your most important piece of fitness equipment is your body. You don't need weights, you don't need special cardio equipment, you don't even need much space. So check out my wonderful world of minimalism, and guess what? You can actually keep your clothes on, you can get a great workout with no equipment, naked fitness available at Amazon.com. Hello and welcome to the Health in the Real World podcast. I'm Chris Jenke and I'm joined by Melissa Trumbull. Melissa's goal is to help others who have had a craptastic past and upbringings like herself to realize there's joy to be found and they can find it. Melissa, how are you doing today? I am well, Chris. Thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. I'm I'm excited because like I was telling you a minute ago, your your intro is very um, different and uh, it was very, I was laughing out loud, like legitimate LOL. So um, <laughs> how we can overcome, and, and I like how you sort of put the humor into that. And, and, you know, everyone heard me say craptastic. That's something that I'll say with joking with my friends, but not necessarily on the podcast. So I thought that was cool, uh, you know, using a word like that and, and keeping it a little bit light. So um, can you dive a little bit deeper into who you are and, and kind of who you help and how you got on this path that you're on right now? Absolutely. So I am a, a, an effed up person with a jacked background who understood long ago, I could be better. I didn't know how, because I didn't have any examples for that. And I know a lot of us don't. And God bless the people who have half a turkey sandwich and an apple every day and wake up every morning with joy in their heart. Um, the rest of us, let's all stick together and, uh, you know, keep our chins up and our humor going and understand that we are innately resilient and innately valuable. So we are taking up space in this world. We deserve it. Okay. I like to say deserves got nothing to do with it. And the implication of that is that we have to work for what we want, mm. i.e. we have to figure out, well, what do we want? <laughs> And if you come from a, a background like mine that has abuse of every flavor and, you know, parents who maybe were doing the best they could, but that wasn't all that great, it, it's difficult to see that path. And that's who I help are people who know there's a better way, are doing the work, processing their pasts, therapy, meds, just saying. And that's, that's my squad. That's who I'm helping. Awesome. Now, I would imagine that the majority of people haven't necessarily come to where you've come to. How, how did that all happen? Like, how did you get to the point where you kind of overcame your past, that, that craptastic past? It is a process and there are multi layers. It is like an onion peeling layer after layer of stewed and just horrors and remembering uh, the, self-preservation mechanism that we very thankfully have um, might mean that your memories are uh, skewed. They may not be accurate. They may be missing. 
Uh, it, it depends. Some people uh, remember everything very clinically and in very realistic detail. It depends on age. It depends on what happened, how bad the trauma is for you, et cetera. But it's a process. And you have to, in my opinion, all right, this is what worked for me, talk therapy, oh my gosh, explaining your Bolshevik to a stranger, enormous, just enormous, because they don't know you. They're not going to fill in any gaps like your loved ones will, your friends or any, you know, whomever's in your group who knows you. You're explaining this to someone who is a blank slate to you. And that's really, really valuable. That is one of the main reasons I adore talk therapy because you just have to explain it to the other person, which means you're explaining it to yourself. Mm. And then, of course, I'm also a huge advocate of um, health. Get your mental health in order. Do you have ADD? Are you depressed? Uh, do you have clinical depression that just comes and goes because, I don't know, air exists? That's a joy. Uh, you know, anxiety. A lot of people are understanding what anxiety is now. And it just puts us into a paralyzed position where we can't really find our joy. That's awesome. So uh, you use the word adulting, which is a, I think, a very common sort of modern world, <clears throat> modern word, blah, blah, blah. First podcast interview of the day. So I'm tripping. I love what you said, though, about your, there's oxygen. And so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adulting, what, so I know I, I say this actually probably more than I want to, but there are many people who are legally adults, but are not actually adults because there's something going on. There's something preventing them, whether it's a story in their head. And like you said, people remember differently from their past and they'll use their past as an excuse or whatever. There's a million different ways. What, what do you see as a way that people can sort of like let go of the past most, most of it being when we were too little to know any better and, oh, yeah. and become adults and, and contribute to the world and do it in a way that's in integrity with who we are. How, like, what are, what are a few things that need to happen in order for that to, to transpire? So in my opinion, that's the caveat. And what has worked for me, right, which I understand is going to work for everybody because not everyone has like that sarcastic flair or that um, defensive humor right? Like, I mean, I find some really dark things kind of hilarious. And the ones of us who do, we click, right? And so that's when we can, not as an excuse, I could my hackles raised a little bit when you said as an excuse, it's a reason. If your background doesn't show you that there can be a joyous life, okay, that you can have a life without being attacked or attacking, or uh, just a life where you can exist peacefully, and you have no examples of that, you just don't know it's possible. Mm, good point. Okay. And so the first step is read, read whatever you can. If it's self-help, if it's, you know, comic books about complicated characters, if it's people with complicated backgrounds, if it's the adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families guidebook, I mean, Dysfunction is around us. And just because strong, powerful, seemingly successful people have achieved what we think might be a success in our definition, they could still be just as jacked up as the next one of us. And chances are they are, and they're feeling like a fraud themselves. You know, I mean, happy for the two people on the planet who genuinely don't have imposter syndrome and really feel like they deserve all the happiness in the world. Right. aces to them. The rest of us in the meantime have mm -hmm. to like 
tumble around like we're in some giant rock tumbler with all the rest of our, you know, fellow patriots of fuckitude and shenanigans. And we just have to figure it out. Right. And there's not right. one path. You think the number is that high? You think it's two? I am like to err <laughs> on the side of generosity, you know, because I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Got it, got it, got it. Because I was thinking like zero or one, but okay. So I like that. Read um, any and even like watching biographies. So it's it's interesting when you're saying that um, in January this year, just a couple months ago, um, I I sort of made a pledge to myself that if anybody gave me uh, advice on like, hey, read this book, it's really good. It did this, this, and this for me, that I would just do it. And I would, and so I've spent a couple hundred bucks on Amazon because I just I'm like, okay, cool, I'll get an audio book, an ebook, whatever, whatever. And even th- then, this is where it starts to multiply because, of course, in the book the author recommends other books and I'm like, Oh, here we go. So I've just consumed <laughs> so many books, but it, you're right. It, there is something to that, that like a book is like somebody's finished product of like, this is how I think you should live your life or this is what works for me or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. And you know, if you identify with that person, even take one thing out of it, it's so powerful, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very good thing. So for your book, what are some things that people can maybe expect reading your book? I'm guessing they're going to laugh like crazy. Um, I hope what, so. What are some things that, that you expect maybe some people or maybe some feedback that you've gotten from your book? Um, so for the ones who aren't necessarily in our tribe of people who appreciate the dark humor and who understand that, uh, you know, you got to pick up some pieces and move them forward. Uh, people were surprised at, Uh, my sort of cavalier attitude towards the factors that make my path, uh, made my path difficult as a young person. And I'm not trying to dismiss it. What I'm trying to say is we all have something, okay? You know, whether it, you know, you got clocked by a parent every single day, or you were abused in this way, that way, or these things happen to you. That's not my point. Yes, you need to work on that. You need to process it. We all do. Okay. I mean, I've been to how many rounds of talk therapy? Goodness, (laughs) you know, and and they've all helped in different ways. Okay. Different rounds of medicine have helped in different ways. Um, You know, learning that I have ADD was a huge light bulb moment. How did I not realize that? Um, But that's not my point. My point is, okay, here you are. You've woven those threads together. You got some dark threads in your rich life's tapestry. So where do you go from there? How do you figure out what you want and who you want to be? And how do you solve problems? And that's what I teach. I teach how to tap into our resilience that is just part of us because we're still alive. Okay, great. We didn't off ourselves. Here we are. What are we going to do today? Do you think part of it is too, as you're, you're mentioning the dark threads, right, in the tapestry, do you think part of that is letting them out? like letting them be visible. Like that's part of me. I'm going to show you my dark mm-hmm. threads as opposed to hiding them and, and maybe causing more issues. Oh, right. I'm a huge advocate of truth. I mean, if somebody says something negative about sexual molestation or incest or physical abuse or emotional abuse, I will look them right in the eye and say, well, what does that person look like who experiences that? Mm. Does it look like me? And my point is, Hi, poster child for all that, all of it. And so you think you have what? An idea of someone who's like so visibly, incredibly broken that they can't function. 
maybe, but there's also the rest of us who are kind of like putting some stuff together and like people think I enjoy parties because I'm smiling. Bruh. <laughs> Put a smile on your face, meet people with eye, eye contact, and they think you're having a fantastic time internally, right. roasting alive, right? Like begging for release. <laughs> the walking wounded. Yeah. I mean, most people, yeah. you, you just put a band aid on, and then that fixes it for the time being, and then you throw another band aid on. Yeah. So, and if you um, can excavate underneath the band aids and like get it. Even you better. can't fix it for good. It's, I, I like the idea of the spiral. I don't know if anyone's read about that idea for grief or for different processes mm -hmm. and that you can jump right. from, you know, rung to rung or layer to layer. And then you're going to hit some landmine. It might be a grief landmine. It could be a, you know, uh, I think trigger is a valid word. People mock it a lot, but there mm -hmm. are triggers right. and we can't help that, but we can help how we behave when we are triggered. I think that's a great thing to say because I, I don't, the word trigger <laughs> tr used to trigger me, <laughs> but what you just said was it's about taking personal responsibility. You can help your response to whatever's triggering mm -hmm. you. We have absolute power over that. Um, and it's not like, like just because something triggers someone doesn't mean that that person that said it necessarily needs to not say things like that. It's right. You know, and that might be part of it. Maybe they were rude or something like that. But, but the big part where we all have personal power is, okay, something happened out there in my environment and I can decide what it means to me. And if, it's, if it blows up in my face, mm -hmm. I can decide, okay, well, what happened there? And, and like you said, talk therapy, ex excavate that. But I, I agree with you. There's always going to be a scar. It's always going to be there, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Even if, even if it's healed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing I like to um, maybe get a little bit of soapbox about. But uh, part of my message is we exist and we have feelings. Feelings may come upon us. Okay. But we don't have to like lickety split react to that. If something is infuriating, right? We don't have to immediately go into some sort of visceral rage where we're going to tear the other person apart. We can sit and this. Oh, takes so much work. We can sit while these uh, tsunamis of feeling rage within us and just sit with it. I had therapists tell me, just sit with the anxiety. And I'm like, I want to rip my eyeballs out of my head. I, I'm not sitting with this. I'm fighting this. Well, guess what? You can't. Some things you cannot fight. And so you may as well identify it. Be like, huh, I want to pluck this person's empty mind out of their body. Okay. But it's not, it's not me. Right. Like that's just how I'm feeling. Right. And so I can just do box breathing holla, and get through the moment and then carry on behaving in a way that I will respect in five years. Oh, I like that. Behaving in a way that I will respect in five years. This, um, yeah, and it happens to all of us. I mean, yesterday I, I was right there. I wanted to rip some people's brains out of their heads and it was people who are related to me. And oh, um, lovely. it's, it was very, it was a very nice afternoon and <laughs> good for you. You know, <laughs> so when I was done, I'm like, you know what, that just, it just was, let's just chalk that day up and then just, mm -hmm. and I can try again today. So yeah. <sighs> the box breathing is good. I agree with you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it works for Navy freaking seals. It's some work for my dumb ass, right? Oh, the Navy seals use it. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, 
Okay, let's talk about this then. Let's go. I want to dive deep into that. We all, it happens to all of us. We get in, something gets us, right? You see that guy at Starbucks who's yelling at the barista for putting the wrong kind of milk in his coffee and everyone's rolling. Oh God, come on. But, you know, that could be me. And that has been me at not necessarily the same exact situation, but I've felt like that guy feel, you know, feels right now. Mm-hmm. What, how do you talk to yourself in that? in that spot what do you what's your process like so so box breathing when i'm raging Mm -hmm. how do you talk yourself off the ledge at that point uh the first step is to not do anything okay literally breathe in for four hold for four out for four hold for four if you need to excuse yourself that's fine if you can some situations you cannot, the poor barista, for instance, cannot crawl over the counter and clock the dude <laughs> yelling at her and, you know, can't just walk away because they're performing their job. Yes. And also this really works for me. And I know this is a process and I am like pro tip at getting therapy and working on myself, but have compassion for the person losing their freaking mind mm-hmm. because a they're the person losing their mind at the flip in Starbucks. What the hell is wrong with them? And B, did they just lose a child? Did someone die? I mean, it's, it's trite, but everyone is fighting their own battle. You know, are they just had an interview that didn't go well and they've been unemployed for so long? There's, there's always something. And if there's any way to look kindly at the mofo who cuts you off in traffic or, you know, the person who flips you off while you're just walking into a store and you're like, what? Right. Just they're fighting their own battle. And we have no idea what that is. And if it's just because they're a twit, well, sad for them. Right. And then move on with your life and you'll never see him again. Yeah. Hopefully. Teflon. Right. Not me. Yeah. Have you, um, have you read the book, The Four Agreements? Oh, I haven't, but I'm writing it down. Oh, this I recommend this to you because one of the one of the agreements is don't take things personally. It's and it's fantastic. <sighs> the way he talks about it, it's just very empowering. And you were reminding me of that just as you were talking right there. And it's not. It's not at all about me Nothing. individually because right. we're all just trying to get through our day. We're all just you know, trying I'm to get not... through our day. Yeah, that's a great yeah. way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So um Wow. That's huge. And that, that could be like a mantra, right? Like something happens to you or to you. We think it happens to us, but really again, right. oh, that he's just trying to get through his day and he's with deliberate intent, right? Right. I don't know the bandwidth to have deliberate intent for all the foolish choices <laughs> right. I make in a day. I mean, I right. like fall down the stairs cause I'm carrying a piece of paper. Like it just, whatever <laughs> things happen. Like I'm so clumsy, but I don't do any of that on purpose. Right. You I wonder know? how much, I'm a, I wonder at any one given moment, like what percentage of people like in our immediate vicinity are actually acting with deliberate intent. And if we knew that percentage, how much forgiveness would we grant <laughs> to everybody? Cause it'd be like 0.01%. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I have certainly cut people off and not even known it. Right. Sure. There's that video of somebody who like is about to miss an exit, takes a right turn and gets on the exit, <laughs> like an 18 wheeler jackknifes, two cars have a like super right. collision, you know, and like at the bottom of it, it says, I almost missed my turn today, but right. I made it. <laughs> you know, That's how I feel sometimes. Somebody will tell me like, you know, I felt this way when you did that. And I'm like, A, I probably don't remember doing that. And I'm terribly sorry that I caused any 
like ill will or discomfort or any reaction like that. And I'm not saying that just to be that like political apology. Well, if anyone was harmed by my statement, I, you know, like I truly, <laughs> I truly, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I really did not intend that in zero way do I intend to hurt anybody. I'm here to make days brighter and better. My goal on the daily is just be happy to see me arrive, be kind of sorry to see me leave and look forward to seeing me again. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. I like it. I like it. Well, um, Melissa, I'm going to give you a chance to, um, we'll go big picture. Uh, We, somebody hired you to speak at a university graduation or maybe at a corporate event. You're the motivational speaker and your job is to give a speech on how you think these people can get the most out of their lives based on your own personal experience. Go whatever direction you want. Very big picture. Okay. Uh, The the big picture for me, you think you don't need therapy, get some freaking therapy for one. Uh, you, you find that your parents are perfectly awesome, amazing, wonderful. That's fantastic. But I can guarantee you, you picked up some damage somehow and you don't think you have it. You do. Please get to resol- resolving the internal shiitake that you've got rolling and you don't even know about. Okay. And that's hard. That's really hard. It's humbling because how can, how can I have a problem if I don't even know what it is? Well, it could be because you don't communicate. You're not open. You're, um, it, it, who knows? It could be anything. Okay. And it doesn't have to be that you had bad parents. I had not great parents. They were trying to be good, but they had their own generations of horrors that they were processing. That's number one. Number two, nobody's trying to get you. I mean, a little paranoia can be motivational and help us like do better. Right. Uh, if we think we should do better at work because they're, they're, you know, out to get me. Well, they're probably not, but just in case, do really good work. Like commit yourself to whatever you're doing and really, really do well at it, right? Do the best you can. Figure out what do you need and how, what resources do you have that you can get? We all can search the internet, all right? You don't have to have a cell phone. You don't have to have whatever. You can go to the library, you know? Figure out how to get what you need and have the, that little kernel of being able to do stuff for yourself. I think it's wonderful. We have networks and I certainly rely the hell on mine, but what can we do for ourselves? And a lot of people who work with me, they want to do for themselves, but maybe, you know, they've got relatives or friends who are always jumping in to help. And a lot of us are helpers and I try so hard not to do that, but I'm sure uh, my nephews can attest that I'm really annoying with solutions for their problems. (laughs) But see the world as a generous place, figure out how to do for yourself and be open to the fact that you could be jacked up. You can be wrong. And that big picture to me is what would solve a lot of ills is the ability to say, yep, probably F that up. How you doing? I'm here (laughs) trying. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Melissa, how do people get in touch with you if they want to work with you or, or chat with you a little bit more about this? Oh, absolutely. Come and talk to me. Go to zfgliving.com and you can get on my mailing list. You can send me a message. Uh, I am Melissa at zfgliving.com. Nice. Awesome. And again, this is Chris from Health in the Real World, joined today by Melissa Trumbull. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me. Great meeting you. And uh Everyone check out her book. Fabulous meeting you, Chris. Thanks for having me.
balance.com to learn more.